Hi, welcome to another episode of Yoga Wellness Money. I'm Amanda Mortensen, and I'm here to talk about your life and your money and keeping your money and your health in balance. Today, I want to talk about keeping the end in mind, so starting with the end. Stephen Covey is a big proponent of this principle of begin with the end in mind, and this couldn't be more important than when it comes to our finances and how we're dealing with the income that comes into us and how we spend the money that's being generated in our households on a daily basis, whether we're in a family of one or a family of six, how are our resources being allocated? But even more important, I know that the emphasis is often on starting at the beginning. I'm, I really believe that people need to know what their assets, liabilities, and their net worth are as of today, and what their current income and budget is. Let's start even earlier than those two things. And I think the most important thing is we always need to know what is the point? Why am I doing this? Why should I care? I just want to live for today. I want what I want right now. And being old is far away. That's why I think we need to start a little bit before the budget, a little bit before the net worth calculation, and really think one, five, 10, and even 20 years into our future. And what do we want that future to look like? Because I'm telling you, if you're not thinking about that, you're not going to get there because there's nowhere to get because you haven't really envisioned it or pictured it or kind of made a target and then backed it up to see like, what do I need to do today to make sure I'm sort of on that path to get where I am? One of the targets I held in my mind from a young age was someday when my kids are in college, I want to be able to pick them up in my paid for jag I don't know, back then there was this beautiful Jag that looked like a cross between a BMW and a Jaguar, and it was imported from uh, Germany or Italy. Germany? Anyway, before Jaguar was bought, bought by an American company. So I think they used to be beautiful cars. So I was going to drive up, and I was going to pick up my son or daughter from her college dorm and gather up her roommates and take them all out for a nice dinner and pay for all of them. Because if you remember being in college, I associate college with always being hungry, like, you know, living on just horrible concoctions. I, my roommates made fun of me incessantly for making macaroni and cheese mixed with chili. Yes, I would do this canned chili and they called it double death. And that name came because macaroni and cheese, they would call yellow death. And then when they saw me mix it with chili, they were like, that is double death. And I thought it was delicious, but I'm mortified that that used to be sort of a regular staple. Another food I'd eat when I was in college is sometimes I would treat myself to onion rings. And I, I don't know, figured out, someone told me how I could make the batter. And so I'd cut up an onion, make little rings, and then dip it in bizquick mixed with water and some salt. That was the only thing that was added to make it onion ring mix. You know, coat them, stick them in a a deep fryer. Did I have a deep fryer? I think I actually had a deep fryer in college. This is so embarrassing. No, I'm not from the South. 
Uh, no, I'm not 300 pounds overweight, but <laughs> I had a deep fryer in college and I would deep fry my onion rings and I would stink up the entire dorm and my roommates would just be ready to put their hands around my throat because we lived in those dorms that had a kitchen and there were six of us to um, a dorm apartment type thing. Yes. So I was that roommate. Very annoying. That being said, I love good food. I love healthy food. I love well-prepared food. And even though I didn't know how to make it, I knew it when I saw it. And so I always loved whenever any of our friends' parents would take us out to dinner or a date would take me out to dinner and I would just be in cloud nine. So I'm like, I want to have enough money that I drive up in my fancy car gather up all the roommates and take them out for a great dinner and pick up the bill, no problem. So that was sort of a vision of what my life and my money goal would look like in the end. Because it can't just be a number. If it's just a number in the bank, that's not as meaningful as sort of describing what that money represents. Because money really isn't anything, right? Money is just what it gets us, security, purchases, experiences, giving, you know, it, it's just a value we trade for something of, of equal value. With that said, what does your money future look like? Does it buy you a place where you don't have to worry about money and then you can start volunteering and doing your pet projects on a more full-time basis? Does it make it so that you can buy your friends and family the gifts that you just think are just fabulous that they would love? Is it so that you can go to Canyon Ranch twice a year? I mean, there's something that you want in your future and you want it to look like. Do you want to send all four of your kids to college debt-free? Do you want to make sure your kids never have to worry about you? Do you worry about your own parents? Were your own parents not well-planned and now that they're older, you're having to worry about them and care for them or parent them on some level? So there's something you picture for your future of how you want to live and what you want your home to look like, what you want your life to look like, what kind of time you have and where you live and how you live. So if you know what that is, it's so much easier to back it up and make present day sacrifices make more sense for you. I really believe if we live more simply now and learn to live below our means now, to simplify our lives now, to really scale back how much we're spending in any area because we want better things for ourselves. And the only way to get those better things is to be putting away money now consistently, regularly, consistency, a set amount. I mean, I would go so far as to say, do something, let's say you're a freelancer and you don't have the advantage of a 401k through your employer or a 457 through your government employer, but you freelance and you earn income that way, or you don't have a job and your husband has a job. It doesn't matter. Both of you can open up a Roth IRA as long as there's income from one or the other. And you can max those out every year. Can you imagine if you put away 
$6,000 as of 2019, $6,000 if you're under the age of 50. It's a little bit more if you're over the age of 50. But I believe right now it's $6,000 per person post-tax money that grows free. Like you earn all this interest, compounding interest, dividends. You will never pay money, tax on that money again. So if you put away 6000 in your name, 6000 in your husband's name, 12000 a year, and then you had an annual return of you know, 8 to 10% because you have it invested in the stock market. And by the stock market, I mean just really diversified like an S&P index fund, a total market index fund, the NASDAQ index fund, something that just follows the market that's low cost, no brainer, put the money in there and let it grow and leave your more conservative things like whatever percentage you're going to put in bonds, you know, do that in your 401k and things that aren't growing necessarily tax-free. The point being is you have to start now because every day you wait, you are passing up on that beautiful thing called time that just grows your money like bunny rabbits in those accounts. When you have money in there, the market's going up and down, up and down, and up and down, and so is your account balance. But guess what? Over time, it's just going up, and it's outpacing inflation. It will keep up with the growing demands of time, and you're never going to touch it. You're going to pretend like it doesn't even exist. And you know what? For some of you that may be um, stay-at-home moms, maybe one thing you do to help your family is you start a little side business and you start earning an extra $500 or $1,000 a month and you put that money right into those accounts. And you know you may have to pay some taxes on, them before, on it before, but whatever's left, go ahead and throw that into retirement accounts and pretend like it doesn't exist and really help sit, set your future up. And there's all sorts of calculators online that you can figure out like, hey, if I invest now and if, I, if I'm getting this interest rate and for this amount of time, how much? So I guess there is a great book out right now. I saw it on Marie Forleo's YouTube channel. She was interviewing David Bach, who I'm a huge fan of. He wrote Smart Women Finish Rich, uh, Smart Couples Finish Rich, um, Start Late Finish Rich, I believe. He has great material. I've read two of those books, The Smart Women and the Couples, and I love his approach to money. And he's the one that came up on Oprah with the latte factor of how much money we spend in lattes we could be putting away. And some people have poo-pooed that like, hey, my latte is the reason why I don't mind getting up every day and going to work. But I remember that episode on Oprah, and he actually went through the life in the day of a couple. And they said they did not have an extra 5 or $10 a day to put towards retirement. But when he tallied up just their daily lunch, newspaper, coffees, it was pretty outrageous how much they were really spending every single day and subsequently every week and every month and easily cutting back just half of what they were spending just as a routine, as a matter of habit every day, they could have been putting money away. So it doesn't take much to start. I mean, really, when you start seeing the effects of just a little amount going away, it's motivating. It is motivating. I want you to get addicted to saving money. 
really saving over spending, wealth over wants, saving over spending, wealth over wants. Just think about that for a second. And what could that really mean? Because honestly, if you could just really think, I feel better when I have money saved. And if you aren't ready to open an account and invest because you've got too much debt, well then tackle that. But even if you have debt, you have got to get some money squirreled away, at least $1,000 just in an emergency fund for when you get a flat tire. Just recently, I had to replace two of my tires. It turns out I was driving on two bald tires and they're like, well, you at least need to rotate them to the back. But when I went to the tire shop, they said, oh, these can't be rotated. These are down to nothing. We can't even, we can't do anything with them. You have to replace them because we can't even rotate them for you. They're so bad. So I had to replace two tires and I don't know, cost $200. It's no sweat off my back. I have an emergency fund and I, I don't know if I took it from there or we just cash flowed it, but Either way, things like that shouldn't be something you have to throw onto your credit card. And speaking of credit cards, put those away. Cut those up, put those away. Have one that you may use for gas when you go to the gas station. There's, there's no planet under which I'm going to the gas station and using my ATM card. I don't know. That feels weird to me. That's a place where there's a lot of fraud, that they put readers on those. I like to know that when I'm using my um, when I'm using my card outside, that it's going to a credit card and not coming straight out of my debit card. Debit card I'll use for groceries, but usually I use cash. I take out cash for groceries and cash for my allowance and cash for my spouse's allowance. And when that money's gone, it's gone. And guess what? There's no other reason to be in the account because everything else is automatic bill pay and the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance and all those are just things that, and the utilities are all done online. And so really the, the flexible spending has to do with groceries and, you know, daily purchases, eating out, beauty supplies, but we just kind of lump sum that because there's no way I'm going to like line item those things, you know, and when, and when cash flow is tight, we cut back on allowance. Even when cash flow in, in improves, I don't necessarily increase our allowance very quickly. You know, we've been doing our own finances and really saying, okay, we used to have this goal for retirement. What if we doubled it? What would that look like right now? How much more would we have to put away now to double the amount we have in our invested assets at the date of retirement? Not the value in our home, but the value in our you know, retirement accounts. That said, we decided to increase. It's not as much money as you would think to double those assets. Because remember, money invested at 10% doubles every seven years. Money invested at 7% doubles every 10 years. So as you start early, you have the advantage of like, you know, 300,000, you know, 100,000 goes to 200, goes to 400, goes to 800, goes to 1.6 million, you know, just like that, assuming you never added to it. So I really encourage you right now to start thinking about the end. 
kind of get out of the drudge of today and whatever's stressing you out today and look at the end. And if, if what's blocking you between now and your end goal is that your income's too low, then think of ways to get your income up, get an additional certificate, get an additional, you know, something you can do to help in, improve your income and brainstorm that. If the block between you and where you want to be is a lot of debt, then take 12 to 24 months and just tackle that debt like your life depends on it and cut back every single thing and really jump over to DaveRamsey.com and you know do his plan for getting out of debt. He is the premium gold standard for debt reduction and getting out of debt and there is no other uh, plan I can recommend for it because he is pretty much scorched earth about it. He'll say, save $1,000 and then get that debt paid off and sell everything and have garage sales and sell on eBay and Craigslist and stop eating out and just really scale back. And you can only do that if you really get serious about looking at your budget and planning out what you're going to spend every month before the month starts. So if that's your block between your end goal, then tackle your debt. If your block is you're under-investing for the future, you don't really have debt except for your house, then by all means, find ways to slowly crank up that number of what you're putting away or pick up a second part-time job or, or start selling a craft or start something online or start babysitting or something to generate just some extra money for your family to put away. I want you to get excited. I want you to get proactive today and I want you to get simple. Stop spending money. Get simple. Simplify your life. If you have to cut out um, having cleaners at your house for a few months so you can put that hundred or two hundred dollars away, then do that. Even though it's a pain, you know, you do more, have your kids pitch in more, you know, make a schedule for the family and say, hey, we're doing this so we can have this other stuff in the long run. So that's all I have today. I just really in 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 future podcasts and my next podcast, I'm going to talk about some specific example of people that have gotten themselves in trouble because they weren't looking out for themselves and they weren't thinking about what their future was look like, or they had their future too dependent on another person. So, I mean, I have two friends that have been married to physicians that have gotten divorced. One recently, one several years ago. And their stories aren't turning out well as of this moment, but there are some things that maybe they could have done beforehand. So don't ever, as a woman, even if your husband earns the money, even if he takes care of the finances, you have no business abrogating responsibility and just letting him handle it. And you know, and if it's a control issue and he's not letting you have access to money, accounts, a full transparent view of what's going on, what's coming in, what's going out, then you probably need to be in marriage counseling because that is not okay. And it is quite frankly a form of financial abuse. It is. So I'm going to say that and I'm going to stick by it because anyone that is using money to control on any level that's a form of abuse. And so if that's happening, you need to 
you know, see if you can gently suggest that you be more involved. If that's just a hard no, then you need to like suggest marriage counseling because as a woman in a relationship, you have to be aware of every last account, retirement, if there's even retirement being funded, what's going on with the business, everything, accounts, retirement accounts, side accounts, credit cards, how many credit cards, what's your debt, you know, don't ever let somebody else be handling that. You need to know everything that's going on. And there, quite frankly, because even if you're not working at a job, you can have your own Roth IRA and you need to make sure that that's being funded from your marital assets every single year. And, you know, and I would say equally funded for both the man and the woman. We'll talk about this more next time, but right now, the only thing I'm asking today is where do you see yourself and how does your life look? If you transport from now into like your future self, what is she doing? What does she look like? What is she wearing? Where does she live? What are her passions and her hobbies and who's around her and what does life look like? And I want that to be a really hopeful picture. And if there's anything between where you are now and where you want to be in your way, then start chipping away at that on shorter term goals of 12 weeks, a year, two years, five years, and just set yourself between point A and point B. And it's never a straight line, but you kind of got to know where you're headed and you might have to go up and around and through a tunnel and around a mountain and through a mountain or over the mountain. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it, but you have to know where it is. I... That's all I have for you today. Thanks for being with me. You can check us out over at yogawellnessmoney.com and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks.